welcome along. It is the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. Saturday morning, uh, June, end of June approaching. Pori Corkin, good morning to you. Good morning, Deirdre. How are you? I am very fine. Good. Thank you very much I indeed. I thought the bit you missed on the, on the weather forecast was the good weather coming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What about that? Well, we wanted to save that for a <laughs> <laughs> Well, the good weather is coming. The so good this weather. is only a small respite, this this kind of damp uh, weekend. So I think we're, people should be gearing up for the really good weather Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we have a special weekend this weekend. You do. You've got, I mean, I have to say now, it's one of those mornings where I kind of wish that it wasn't uh, just oral, but that we could uh, introduce a different kind of sense as well, as in the sense of smell, because uh, Porrick is in studio. We're also joined by Colin Hughes. Colin, good morning to you. Good morning, Deirdre. Uh, and there is just this most amazing array of roses and in the studio beautiful. and a fantastic smell to go with it. So, Rose Festival weekend. Well, that's the theme for this weekend uh, in the garden centres, particularly in, in Turlock and Castle Bar. Colin is going to join us down there uh, today, so if, if listeners want to come along and beat him, uh, the whole kind of session is going to be about roses. He's brought along some fantastic varieties, some really, really good varieties, some really old varieties that we were chatting about just off air, but also some new varieties. And Colin's going to be available to talk to people about hints and tips of getting the best from your roses, because we're really in that time of year, and it's a great time to select roses. Um, like, there's nothing like, you can often look at the picture card in a plant, mm. but to see the actual plant in flower, to smell it, to look at the... the, the uh, even I'm astonished with the amount of array of colour that we've got yeah, here Yeah, I have morning. to say, it's quite stunning, all right. Uh, um, and there's some really unusual ones as well. I know we're going to talk about them in a second. Yeah, so this weekend in the garden centres, particularly in Turlock, also in uh, Sligo and Galway, we've got talks today and tomorrow on rose growing. And it's always just a great time to pop down and have a look at some roses to put into the garden. And the weather conditions are just perfect for planting. I've said that for the last number of weeks, mm-hmm. but they really are. The moisture levels are really good. There's enough temperature there to get really strong growth and as you can see the roses are just loving it with the amount of colour and, and the flower buds and the and the scent that, that they're um, giving off this morning. So and roses are really just coming into their own I think at the moment. I, I was out walking during the week and I noticed one or two of my own neighbours not my own garden I have to mm. say Porek <laughs> uh, but there is one or two uh, houses that would be good rose rose gardens and um, their buds are just coming and they're Absolutely. starting to open and you could see that there was going to be this fantastic array um, you know maybe in another week or so. Well it's, it's probably down to the good weather Colin that those two really so. warm weeks that we had. Yeah uh, roses even we could look back to the hard winter I've never seen roses looking as good as I've seen them in the last three, four weeks. My own garden is just a whole flush of colour. The nursery, there are just buds. It's like a waterfall, the buds coming off the plants. Uh, the good weather absolutely helped. Uh, maybe Some people say it was the hard winter as well because mm. when the good weather came, the plants just burst with growth. And that's what we see up on the nursery at the moment, even in the rose fields. So, right. But so we, we can look forward to a great summer of colour, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, the, I, few, I the few buds I've seen, anyway, there's the, the you know, there's a lot of the lot, lot of heads and flowers yeah. on them. So and I as think Colin said, like, the, I think the growth was just pent up. It was, there was no growth there back in March, even right through April. It was so slow, and we we're waiting for everything to come into growth. And and next thing, all of a sudden, the temperatures rose. The moisture levels were there. We've got that then two weeks of really good weather. And you can see it everywhere, not just not just in the roses and the shrubs, but just in, you know, the farmers were giving out right up to the end of April of, of the lack of fodder. Mm. But now the, 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 the fields are so lush with growth and foliage. And really, that's we've seen that on garden plants as well. So, And the great thing about roses, they're always voted in any, of the, in any of the kind of competitions or when people are asked, what's your favourite garden plant? Roses always come out as number one. Whether it's in Ireland, whether it's in the UK, really? all over Europe, roses are always voted as the most popular plant. And really because of, when you think about it, they're coming into flower now and roses will often stay in bloom right up to Christmas. 
here in Ireland. So, so many months of colour. So that? we have longevity, we have colour and we have smell, I suppose. It's we hard have. It's hard for other plants maybe to compete with that. Yeah. And Colin, I suppose that there, there are roses really for every sort of uh, situation, aren't there? There are. There's roses for shade, there's roses for sun, there's roses for partial shade. Um, ideally, they should get a few hours of sunshine uh, per day. Uh, maybe morning or evening sun. Um, there are some climbers like Zephyrndrune, which is ideal for a north-facing wall. Dance de Foo, it's a lovely red uh, for a north-facing wall as well. New Dawn, a shell pink. Again, it will thrive in the um, partial sun. Madame Gregoire Stachelin is another pink, uh, ideal for north-facing. There's other climbers then like Compassion, um, ideal for full sunlight. Mm-hmm. Dublin Bay is another good oh, one. Great variety. Yeah, yeah really fabulous good varieties. Um, what but, there's a, but there's also roses for ground cover, for, sh- you know, miniature, for pots and containers, for uh, shrub beds and borders. For the gardeners that don't want to do any kind of cutting back or, or little care, there are roses for them as well. There is. There's <laughs> roses. Well, you actually have one in your nursery this weekend, Carefree Days. Yeah. yeah ideal for... We brought a, in, actually. Carefree yeah. Days. I yeah. love the it's name ideal of for I'm going to give this to you now. In a rockery. It'll grow about 18 inches to foot high a uh, beautiful shell pink there you can see that gorgeous absolutely yeah, yeah. a it flush really of colour and I was just saying to you and look at all the, the buds, buds that are on that absolutely I've never seen anything yeah. like the buds that I've yeah. seen this year that's it's loads just colossal in another three four days that'll be just a mass of flower right so they're coming into flower and they come in that quickly all together do they they will there'll be, more, there'll be more repeat from this here it'll flower for about the best part of three four weeks and continue when the flower has finished cut it back and in another couple of weeks, you'll have the same again. It'll flower, as Porrick said, they're right through until... I've seen roses in flower the week before Christmas and I took a photo of it, trumpeter, in my own nursery. I couldn't believe it. And either side of the row was just a mass. It was flooded. Really? And there is this beautiful orange line down through the nursery. Trumpeter in flower. It's a great... It's that's, a, I know that's a favourite of yours. Uh, it's we, a great we have, old McReady yeah. rose. I yeah. mean, that was bred back in... That was back in the 60s, 70s. Yeah. And to, to just... Go along with you there. I have 300 in my own front garden mixed with Caresia in a horseshoe bay uh, bed. And people come from all over the place just to oh, look at it. That sounds rather colour, extraordinary. The colour and the smell. I was actually, I had a buyer up at me yesterday and I would, he was talking about where we live. And I, I said, I live in wherever it was. He said, is that your house with all the roses in the front in the horseshoe bay? I said, yes. <laughs> God, he said, now we know why it's so good. <laughs> Good, what, what did they say about the tailor not having the good suit and the uh, the mechanic know, not looking yeah. after his car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do have because you've told you me do. that story before, and, yeah. and that trumpet of rose is a really, really good. It's disease resistant. It's relatively low growing. It'll only grow about two and a half feet. That's kind of three okay, feet. Okay, so max. it's not going to get out of hand, kind of no. thing. It's never out of flower. Right, and never, never out and of I flower. Mean never. From June till Christmas, it's never out of flower. And Colin, how do we maximise uh, you know that that flowering period for people? Are, are there little tips and tricks that, that people can do? To, to try and ensure that they are, you know, kind of doing the best thing that they can do to keep the, 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 the plant coming along. Ideally, you would start your uh, process in April. You would uh, apply your uh, fertiliser, rose fertiliser, any garden centre, pork would have it on the shelves, a rose food, and apply that. The rain will wash it in. And you will continue that maybe every six weeks up till about August. In between that, you would start your spraying programme. And Porrick will have an excellent uh, new spray called Uncle Tom's Rose Tonic. Okay, good name. Which is a foliar feed. But along with the foliar feed, it has the uh, combination of controlling black spot, uh, downy mildew, and it's a tonic. It's totally harmless. You can mix whatever other sprays you want with it. I've used it on the nursery this year. 
I've used it in my own garden and I cannot believe what, I can, what I'm seeing with uh, clean foliage and uh, flowers. Uh, you can see it here even can, on, the, on, the plant, on the rose yeah, that you brought yeah. in. But you also use the uh, the garlic wonder, don't you? We do. We alternate our sprays with uh, Tom's tonic and garlic. The garlic um, is ideal for controlling aphids, mm-hmm. plus it builds up disease resistance in the plant. And if you can build up disease resistance in your plant, you can then minimise the amount of chemicals which you use. Mm. Um, you could also crush garlic, boil it, and mix it in with Tom's tonic if you want to go that route as well. But mm. I would recommend that you use both. Alternate every two weeks and you'll have the most fabulous roses for the whole summer. Okay, uh, and when you talk about disease resistance, is that a, a case of uh, like breeding roses uh, or is it a case of just treating the roses that you have? Most roses that have been introduced in the last, say, 20 years are disease resistant okay. because I mean the older roses would have got yeah. the, they would have got the likes of black spot and things like that most roses nowadays are disease resistant it's no harm to top them up with these tonics just to, keep to them, really yeah. build the plant up against um, whatever else could be out there and again for the flush of colour another tip for people too when a rose flowers the, obviously the head would be would deteriorate cut it down to about 3 or 4 inches from the head within 3-4 weeks you will have new growth coming from the eye straight up. And you have and another... Another look. rose from... Most people don't realise, oh, that flowered, so I'll, just, I'll do nothing. Cut it with a secret. Anyway at all, go up shears, just cut it. And you'll have growth straight away. Wow, so... And that will improve your colour. Okay. It's reshooting again. It's and, reshooting again. And I suppose that what you're saying really is if you can keep the plants healthy, growing mm. well, it's no more than ourselves. If you keep your immune system strong, you're, you're going to ward off any pests and yeah. diseases. You're going to be healthier and better. And the same applies to plants. If you feed them and look after them, give them the occasional spray of the Uncle Tom spray or the garlic wonder. That just keeps them in tip-top condition. And then you get your flowering right through till till Christmas. So you've got six months of colour really, six to seven months of colour to look forward to from roses. So they're really, really good. But it's a great time to plant them and it's a great time to come into garden centres and look at the varieties and, and smell the rose and, and, and uh, you know, and a good time to get them into, into the ground. What about planting them, Colm? Do you recommend planting them in groups of the same colour, individual colours? How do you like to put them together? I would put, if you want a splash of colour, if you want a rose to flower at the same time, mm. I would put a bed of one colour. If it's a big bed of, say, 40 or 50, at the very most, I'd mix two. Or if you want to put... It's up to the person themselves, probably, sometimes. That's you're the guy with like. 300. 300, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was two the, up to the size of the space as well, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, like English roses are ideally planted. Today, the David Dawson varieties are planted in groups of three to give maximum effect. Likes of Floribundas, hybrid teas... Most people who buy them from us would buy them maybe in 10s, 15s right. and yeah. would plant up the bed. You have other people who come in and they'll say, I want 20 roses, give me one of every colour and I look at them and say, I just, exp- <laughs> I, I won't say, he said, grand, it, you know, it, that's your preference. <laughs> but I will point out that they might flower at different points in time, whereas if you have one variety, it flowers continually through the year. If you have different varieties, one will be in this week, another might be yeah. in next week. Okay. And it's and you've got more uniform height. Yeah. You have, yeah. So for yeah. more a spectacle, I suppose, really, yeah. where they're all going to kind of come together. Uniformity yeah. can look better. Okay. If you were to pick three out of this bunch, I mean, I Colin has brought... I to us a little bit about yeah, the bunch that we have. about 20 or 30 Yeah, there's really some beautiful um, roses there all together. So what, what, what three or four percent would you go for? Well, the one you have there, Park, in your hand, it's, it's one of my favourites, uh, Fragrant Cloud. 
Beautiful just, rose. I love the names on these. But the it's a real old rose. Says it all. Yeah, it's a real old one. That, there's oh, no rose, I think, out there at the moment to that beat is that gorgeous. for fragrance. I, do, I often cut them and I put them in the car for a freshener during the summer and it's just uh, mind-blowing. But even the scent in the studio this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fragrance cloud. We have other ones here like um, Alex Red which is much the same as Fragrant Cloud, another deep red. Another old Fantastic variety. Fantastic fragrance, yeah. another old variety. Slightly bigger. Bigger uh, bloom. Bigger, yeah. bigger bloom, yeah. 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 Okay. But just Beautiful. take, just, I'm going to say Beautiful taste scent. Real old fresh scent, yeah. And that kind of, um, and it has a gathering in the middle that's a little bit different to exactly. some of, yeah, it's some like of the, the old, others. It's like some of the old, the mm, old roses. It's like a little bit of a double gathering. That's really nice. Our next one there, Porg, is Abraham oh. Darby. Oh yeah, another nice one. Abraham, David Austin. Abraham a- Darby. David Austin rose, yeah. Just smell that. Oh wow, that's very. Knock you out. That's de- it's kind of, it's kind it's of delicate. Pe- yeah, peachy you know? coloured. Yeah, really beautiful. And then we have Emily. Oh yeah, this Which, is this is a really good variety now. So Emily is a deeper red mm. for uh, those people who are listening and are it's depending real, on us to be descriptive. It's nearly like the Valentine's rose. Isn't this is it? actually yeah. very yeah. Isn't this is it? kind of yeah. quintessential in terms of its shape anyway. Uh, it's very much and the fragrance like from it. It's noted for its like, fragrance, like the Valentine rose. Would knock you out. And it's and it's just that deeper red. It's really really rich. So lovely. that's one called Emily. What, Emily. what sort of height does that grow? That'll grow to Colin. about three foot. Three very right. So it's a nice uh, neat variety. It was actually bred, I think, from Fragrant Cloud, so it would have all the characteristics of Fragrant Cloud in it. We right. would say it would, would be one of our big sellers. Right, uh, fragrance, it's second to none. It's absolutely fabulous for fragrance. Disease resistance as well, it's very good. Very good. So there, there, there's a lot of pinks and reds there. What about other colours? Have we, have we brought in we other colours this morning? We have Grandpa Dixon. I like this Okay, one. this is very, yeah, this is quite different it's now. Kind of, it's nearly a lemon yellow it's, part. Yeah. Lemon yellow, and that's what it is. And it's a big, big head on us. Big, huge head. Yeah. That's lovely for cutting now. Oh yeah, it's lovely. It's quite spectacular. I have Isn't to that say. fabulous? Yeah. Then we have another one here, a sort of a. It's kind of a peachy. Peach. Yeah. Port sunlight, another English. Okay. That can be used for both in a, in a garden aspect, in a bed, but also as a climber. Right. Okay. Walls. And in terms of the head there now, that's quite different to that's a lot of fashion. the other ones. Yeah. So it's where it opens up a lot more yeah. than rather the cluster. It's more it's like a shrub that has all the characteristics of an old shrub rose, yeah. but it has the recurrent flowering capabilities of the modern rose. The old shrubs only flowered once. Right. They're a massive flower when they flowered. The David Austin English have the same characteristics, but they flower throughout the whole summer. So you've, you've so coloured the whole way So it's through. kind of the best of both worlds. If you're, if you're yeah. looking for the yes. older varieties yeah. as such. Yeah, they're fabulous. Okay. Very so, good, yeah. Have we one, we one have or two more, and one or two more here. Yes, we don't, oh, we we don't just spoil everybody in advance of, of, of popping in I'll later smell on. Myself on. That's freedom, a hybrid tea. Oh, that's beautiful. When we say hybrid tea now for the uninitiated, like my good self, what do we mean? Right, hybrid tea rose would produce one flower singly per stem. Right. So ideally, if you want a perfect rose to cut and bring into your house, this is the one to go for. Right. The Floribunda. I always remember by Florabunda, Florabundle. Abundance. A bundle. Right, yeah. yeah. A Florabundle would produce a cluster of flowers, so for colour, the Florabunda is probably better. Trump, okay. Trumpeter. Trumpeter would be, would be a good, yeah, where would you be have quite example. a few. Yeah, so. You might have six or seven flowers on the one stem. Oh, okay. No. The, the, probably the, the, the uh, not the complaint, but the, the uh, unusual thing about trump, Trumpeter is that it flowers so heavily, the stems nearly fall it, over well, they like they the rain you'll see them yeah. right they find it hard to support all of the heads that's yeah. amount of yeah, flower on them that's beautiful altogether that's the one freedom really nice that, it's now. beautiful isn't it yeah and there was yeah there was one and there we have another one here thinking of you thinking of you <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that would be nice to give you Deirdre <laughs> oh god another almighty. beautiful red hybrid <laughs> tea 
Yeah, this is, again, it's, it's very kind of, and are you going to thinking of you, it is yeah. very much like the, the kind of quintessential Valentine's mm-hmm. rose again. It? Yeah, 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 so appropriately named, I'm sure. It has lovely leathery foliage, yeah. again, uh, making it very good uh, for disease, disease resistance. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. That, and big heads, big heads of flowers. You can you can just see, you could cut those off the plant, bring them in and put them in a vase. It's actually almost velvety to touch. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really is. So I suppose that's... So a huge amount there. Yeah. I mean, and that's just a tip of the iceberg, I suspect. I mean, I could, I could throw an old question, like how many varieties of rose are there? Or do we do we know the answer to it's them? It's endless. It's probably it's changing endless. all the time, is it? I would have it? about 300 myself, three to 400 different varieties. Varieties? Yeah. Of wow. But there are thousands that's and thousands different. And they're Millions, yeah. right. millions. Yeah. You know, it's just unreal to go back. Like Zephyr and Room will go back to eighteen seventy six. New Dawn is quite an old one as well. Um, roses, I've roses in my garden for twenty five years. Uh, like people say, oh, roses don't last that long. But, uh, they still look fabulous. Yeah. Until you're fed up looking at them. Yeah. And, and it, if you, a lot of the problems arise for people when they say, oh, I don't know how to prune them or what do I do. If it's not a big deal. If you haven't the sectors, get a shears. Mm. Go out with a shears marsh and just cut. Okay. If, uh, it, it'll do the plant more good. Don't leave it to run its own way. Okay. Cut it if you it, have it, to. It's we, like Forex sometimes talks about, I suppose, the hedging as well, you know, to trim things back so that they're maybe a little bit under pressure and then they respond that bit better. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and we were taught in college, you know, back in the good old days, yeah. how to prune a rose and it was always an outward facing bud and it was very technical. Right, that sounds technical. Yeah, right. That's how it frightened people. Yeah. Right. It's but, frightened yeah. the life out of that them. That, that, that it's almost scientific. It's not a science. Right. It's not, no. You okay. don't have to cut to a downward facing. No. Uh, but I go out with the shears. Yeah, I do it in about. Let's tie I, things up. I cut the three hundred in a, about half an hour. Okay. And I was in France years ago. I saw them go out with a flail on the back of a tractor, and cut, cut roses back. down. And, and, and the roses came back fabulous. Yeah. And trials have shown, you know, that there's always this with the with, with I suppose people that would be uh, <clears throat> very particular in how they prune the roses right. versus the, the kind of amateur gardeners. So it was always that kind of question: what is the right way? So tests were done to see is, is there any is difference? There a right way, yeah. And there is no difference if you, as Colin says, if you go out with a, a hedge clippers and actually just hack them back and trim them back compared to. You know, judiciously right. pruning each them. stem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rather yeah. than standing Rather than looking them. at yeah. each one for five minutes, yeah. going, hmm, which be- angle? Yeah. The best thing is to cut them back, and and that just encourages the plant into new growth. And if you're feeding it and looking after it in terms of the treatments, the garlic wonder, and the, and the, uh, the 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 occasional sprays, that just keeps them in tip-top condition. Okay. And you'll Absolutely. Have yeah. A great return. Yeah. So really, the message is, if people are interested in roses, pop down to the garden centre in Turlock today. Colin, you're going to be there from about eleven o'clock on. And uh, right through till four or five, I think we're I going to be busy. Yeah. And uh, I'll be able to answer all your questions and help you, whatever. Yeah, and there'll be plenty of new varieties. And, and Colin has brought a whole series of roses along for people to smell, touch, see. see yeah. And uh, and I'll say it's a great time to put them into into the garden. But particularly if people have any questions or any problems with roses, then come along to the garden centre in Turlock and Castlebar uh, anytime from eleven o'clock on today. And, and we have the man. Okay, excellent. I'd love to meet you. Yeah, I'll talk. To well, Colin, it was lovely to meet you this morning as well. And thanks very much for the, the wonderful array that you have uh, brought in. It does kind of enliven the thing. Who's going to bring bit. all these home? Well, I don't know. We'll have to have a little bit of a... I think we'll have to toss a coin here after 10 o'clock. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. I know we have lots of questions, um, as uh, Porrick and Colin said. For Rose questions, perhaps it might be a good idea to pop down to the Minturlock today. Um, but I know we've got lots more besides. And we're going to try and address at least some of them for you over the next uh, couple of minutes. Stay with us. 
Now we were going to like call and go, but then we saw there was loads of rose questions, questions yeah. and they've been dedicated their own section all of a sudden. So uh, we're going to hang on to them for a few more minutes. Um, okay, Colin, obviously lots of uh, interest in what we've been talking about over the last 20 minutes or so. So I'm going to fire these at you fairly quickly. Um, first of all, a listener has a very old rose that has some severe physical abuse now. All they see is suckers. Um, they're wondering, is, is there any hope of recovery? It's of sentimental value, this particular rose. Of course, there's always yeah. hope of recovery. If they can locate where the sucker has originated from on the rootstock, as in actually uh, dig down into the, uh, the rootstock, if they cut that out, they get their plant back. Okay. Now, the way they'll know the sucker is it'll have seven leaves mm. as against five against the rose. What's a sucker now? Because again, that's, that, that's a, you're going to step ahead on me. So what, what A we- sucker is when the rootstock throws up a shoot trying to revert back to the original dog briar. Okay. Roses, roses like apple trees and like many fruit trees are grafted. They're, the roots are a different variety than the actual top section. So the variety like Emily uh, is a beautiful red rose that we talked about, but it's grafted onto a rootstock. And the rootstock is there to give it vigour and to help it grow really strong and do very well. And and what the listener is describing is the rootstock has kicked into Did growth. Right. And as Colin says, you'll know it because the, ten, the branches tend to be very thorny and it tends to have a, a five leaves rather than, sorry, seven, seven leaves rather than five leaves. And it'll look like a briar. That's right. exactly you it. No, know, bright green. You, bright you have green. no problem seeing it. You, you can get rid of that. Yeah, prune that back. out. So it's just pruning it back then, Colin, yeah. right it? back to the rootstock. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I would just suggest at this yeah. time of year is to take a cutting of the rose. Take it about uh, four or five inches long of the, of the rose that they want to protect. And the same applies if it, we often get questions in about people that want to take a piece of a rose that might be there for generations, mm. maybe, you know, in an old farmyard or whatever. This is a good time to actually take cuttings of roses. Just short, five, six inch stems, remove the flowers and buds, remove the leaves, a little bit of rooting powder into some compost and sand, cover it with a polythene bag and that should root in about a six or eight week period. And now it'll take a couple of years for it to grow on. It won't have the vigour of the normal roses because it's not grafted onto mm. a rootstock. It'll be on its own roots. But it's just a way of propagating uh, old roses that you might see. You know, you're often passing a, an area, you, you spot a rose mm. in a hedgerow or whatever. There's a beautiful fragrance. This is a great time. June, July. It's a fun thing to do as well. You know, it's a fun thing. Exactly. To see how it goes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Take a short, young cutting, remove the flowers, remove the leaves, put into a bit of rooting powder. And if you're taking cuttings, take about half a dozen, put them into the same pot and they'll root over the summer period if you cover them with polythene, have the compost kind of slightly moist. And that's another way of, of protecting a rose as well. Lovely. So on the suckers front, cut it back down to the root. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and hopefully it'll, it will come back it'll recover. Be, and yeah. particularly if it's of sentimental value, we can understand why people will be anxious to hang on to it. Okay, Edel inquires, what was the name of the highly fragrant rose which Porik recommended last year? You brought it into the studio. Well, there was a few different varieties that I mentioned. One was called Rachel, mm-hmm. which was which was very nice. Uh, fragrant Cloud was another one that we, we mentioned last year. Um, I think Emily I probably featured last year as well. We Any of the varieties really that Colin has talked about today, they're all particularly good. Yeah, well, I would suggest to Adele if, if you are looking for uh, an yeah. idea of fragrance, pop along pop today along because you'll be a bit spoilt for choice, to be <laughs> honest. Um, but yeah, there are some <clears> of the <throat> options uh, if you can't go along. Now, can you mention some good long-stemmed plants that uh, a listener can grow that are good for cutting scent and colour if possible? Yes, varieties like you go for a hybrid tea like Ingrid Bergman, a lovely deep Ooh, red. lovely name. Lovely it's name. probably <laughs> one of the best reds on the market at the moment. Another variety that springs to mind would be a good yellow, Arthur Bell. 
Okay. It's a lovely yellow, Florabunda. Yeah. Fantastic fragrance. Another variety, Piccadilly, a bicolour. You have uh, red and yellow mixed in it. Oh, sounds lovely. Big blousy flower, Big isn't blousy it? flower, yeah. yeah. And nice that's though. an old rose. It's a real old one. That's back since I was, a, I, I was a kid. It's yeah. 50 years Piccadilly, ago. And it's still yeah. there. Yeah. It's a great Another rose. Another variety springs to mind would be Chinatown, a Florabunda. Mm-hmm. A good yellow, fragrant as well. Um, what else have we got there? Congratulations will be another good one. Okay. Fragrant um, cloud. Fragrant cloud. Yeah. Um, okay, you've lots of options, really. There, you know, yeah. good for coating. Hybrid tea is good for coating. Okay, Ho- hopefully that's a few ideas there. Okay, somebody's inquiring regarding um, can one sow a slip of a rose? Will it root, take root and bloom? Well, that's what, what I what mm. I was advocating that right. people do. Yeah, yeah, now is a good time to do it. Remember that, as Colin said, they're, they're going to be on their own rootstock. Mm. So the rose mightn't live as long as if it's a grafted variety. But it's well worth try- taking a f- few slips of roses and trying them. Great. Uh, can the experts suggest some good climbing roses for a bright sunny wall at a garage? Uh, they have soil at the base of it. Great. At a garage, you couldn't, you couldn't beat a variety like Compassion. Women go mad for uh, the colour. It's a peachy, sort of a pink, incredible fragrance with a lovely deep red uh, foliage. Dublin Bay, a deep red. It's a lovely uh, red. Lovely that. red. Beautiful. Again, it has fantastic glossy foliage. Mm. New Dawn, a shell pink. Um, Golden Showers is another great one. Okay. Uh, beautiful yellow. Yeah, Albertine. And again, what I, yeah. Albertine Park, as yeah, you say. Good what I always one. say to people with climbers, don't just plant them and sort of leave them, let them do their own thing. It will take two, three years for them to uh, establish themselves in the soil. As you get lateral growth, you train, the, you train the plant the way you want it to grow. So the stems will start growing out, say, at three o'clock and nine o'clock. They will force, lateral, they will force uh, growth up the wall. And as they start to grow up the wall, you extend them out to three o'clock and six o'clock as well. And keep doing that over a two or three year process. You'll cover your wall six foot either side. I have a climber at home in my own garden which I tried to actually, um, I was putting up a shed and I tried to kill it. I couldn't dig oh. it. I was out and I got a spade and I hacked at it. <laughs> Three years later, I'm out on a sunny day lying on a sunbed and I see this mass of flower at the, the top end of the shed. Yeah. It has now grown 40 foot down the side of the wall. Kipskate. Oh, 40 kiss, foot yeah. down the side of the wall right. to my house. It's and not it's going anywhere. Color. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I can't get in at it because the shed is up against oh. the wall. So you got to reprieve. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. I that can show you how hard roses can be right. to kill. Yeah. And they're very flexible, so it's, it's very easy to train them. And the, the thing is, as you say, if, if, you, if you train out the side shoots, you're going to get a whole lot more flower from you them. Will. Mm. You will. It'll be, it'll be a far cleaner plant. It'll be less um, problems for you to look after. Uh, all I would say is in the winter months, don't cut it back too hard. Any small bits, any small twiggy growth cut out mm. and manage the plant. Okay. You, you, you control the way the plant grows, not... And you can always and introduce then clematis or some something else to flower the up honeysuckle through. Leaves or honeysuckle will be yeah. beautiful, yeah. Right, to give just for the bit of variety. Bit of colour, and, yeah. And, yeah. And the two plants will grow together quite happily and one will support the other. Uh, so it's a great way of mixing that. It's a good time to plant climbers. Really good time to plant. Okay, here's an interesting one. Is there a blue rose? There is. There's a rose called Blue Moon. Uh, hybrid tea. It's a lilac blue, good, nice, lemony fragrance. There's another one, Rhapsody in blue, which yeah, would be a lovely. lilac oh, blue. I think, did we mention that before? It's yeah. a contrast. It's the, the fantastic scent, as yeah. you say, Porrick. The contrast between the foliage, which is bright green, and the flower, which is a lovely lilac blue, it, it, it's nearly like a clematis. It would just blind you, particularly at um, evening time. There's another one called Twice in the Blue Moon, which would be slightly improvement on Blue Moon. Mm. The lovely lemony fragrance. 
So there okay, you go. So yes, so, so you have blue roses, definitely. Three good varieties. Yeah. Um, a listener would like to know what causes roses to fail. What about the wind, wind and roses? How, how does that, that mix? All I'd say with wind, put maybe if you have a very windy spot, put a smaller variety in. Like what uh, I suggested this morning, Carefree Days, the patio, a nice uh, sort of a shell pink. Mm-hmm. If roses are in a windy spot, just check them occasionally to make sure where the rootstock is in the soil, that it's not sort of wavering in the wind, that air can get down. And just put your foot gently on it to tighten it in. And just, that's all. Some okay. of the ground covering varieties as well. Yeah. But that Carefree Days is only, it'll only grow about a foot, right. 15 inches in height. Okay, so that would suit. It, it, be very good. Rather than the ones that I suppose that have Correct. to stand tall and erect. Yeah. 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 And the ground covers, like for example, Magic Carpet, the Fairy, or Kent, as Porrick said, there would be ideal in a windy spot. They cover, they grow about say eighteen inches tall, but cover the ground Burned, all yeah. around them. And wind, wind won't affect them. Yeah, no, no, I suppose won't. people in, in this part of the world, it's uh, kind of the west of Ireland, and the old Atlantic winds are coming in. And yeah, stuff like and that. maybe prune them back a bit earlier <coughs> as well in the, in the winter. You know, don't don't leave the growth on over the winter period. That's Take a good them, point, Porrick. No, yeah, maybe November, November, December. Yeah, yeah cut them back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, roses set about two years seem to be going wild. Why would this be? Are we back to our sucker problem there again? Uh, I don't know now. I think that's the same. People say yeah. that we could be, or maybe, maybe the, the it was the just pruning, not being pruning. Maybe the yeah. pruning it needs to be addressed if it's the pruning, but it could be a sucker. And if it is, as I said earlier on find where it comes out of the rootstock, cut it back and you're back to square one. Okay, mm. and we're just going to conclude Roses uh, with a statement rather than a question and congratulations to Christine because uh, she has just texted in to say that she's had a bed of roses in her garden for over 35 years. There you are, she's bet me. I'm 25. <laughs> now, there you go, Christine. You well should done, be in Christine. studio. Yeah, no, well done. No pressure, Karen. No pressure. <laughs> I'll come back in 10 years, years time. I might have <laughs> okay. so I might be we'll, see how, we'll, see how, we'll see how the competition is going at that stage. That's fantastic. Colin, thanks a million again for uh, coming in today. And uh, as Porrick says, you, you'll be in Horkins for from eleven o'clock ish yes. onwards. Yeah, yeah. today. Yeah. So uh, if people have any questions like that, if they're worried about suckers, bring bring in a piece of the plant. We'll have a look at it. If they want to, if, if you want us to show you how to take a cutting, then bring in a couple of pieces of the rose you have, and we'll, we'll demonstrate to you how to take cuttings. Because I know it, it always features here in the program. People, particularly at this time of year, have a, have a, a favourite rose or a rose going back generations that they'd like to propagate. So bring a piece of it, and we'll propagate it for you. Uh, or Colin will propagate it for you uh, today in the garden centre. So by all means, come down. There's going to be a whole range of different roses for you to see, to smell. And um, Colin is going to be available there all day long. Great stuff. Colin, lovely to have you in studio this morning. Uh, now, we are going to take another quick break and we will come to some other questions other than roses directly after these. Very welcome back to the programme. Uh, we do have lots of questions. We're going to get to some of them in a moment. Um, but we want to remind you, Sally, thanks for the email, um, just regarding uh, that there are 12 wonderful gardens open in and around the Westport area in June and July. This is the Clue Bay Gardens. Clue Bay Garden Trail, yeah, I think yeah. We, we, we touched on this last year um, and obviously all gardens coming back into full bloom at the moment. Uh, so you can get a brochure in various places around Westport and from the uh, Tourist Board office uh, and they list all the gardens and their whereabouts and if you want to do it online, it's cluebaygardentrail.com. Yeah, okay. Worth the day of it. Very good. Very good. Okay, let's have a quick look at uh, some of the other questions. Now, we're going to just come back to potato blight. And I know we talked about this on the programme last week, but I think probably conditions favouring it a little yeah, bit at the moment. Get, when you get the sort of temperatures and the moisture levels we're getting at the moment, that kind of rain, um, it certainly does favour potato blight. And most potatoes are well above the soil at this time of year. So the weather's promised to pick up. Monday. Mm-hmm. So my advice really is to is to to put a treatment of of uh, potato blight spray on 
on Monday and you're really just protecting the plants then. Um, so use the Promoximil or Dithane or Bordeaux mixture uh, on potatoes just to protect okay. them. So we're, we're kind of in that time of year. And really when you get a dry period with rain uh, forecast, that's the time to get the, the, the sprays on. So don't bother today or tomorrow. It's too wet. Okay. Monday, leave it to Monday. Monday. Leave it to Monday. Monday, Tuesday. And, and, and just do the shoots have to be very big? I just see somebody has shoots that are up two inches. Well, once they're above the soil, right. that's when that's, the rule. that's when the, the blight can be a problem. And yeah. really blight is down to that... Um, when you get that moist, warm weather, that's what you, you know. That's the clear indicator that blight can be a problem. Okay. And really, preventing it is, is better than so. Spray in the next dry day with a bit of Promoximil. Lovely. Uh, uh, can somebody use the garlic wonder on vegetables for pests? Oh yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It ward off anything like the like aphids, like caterpillars, um, some of the root disorders like carrot root fly. It will dissuade them from. So garlic, you know, just by its mm. just it's, by the, its really the smell, is it? It's the smell the, yeah, of that, it, yeah. that they don't like. No, and also the garlic treatments seems to improve the immune system in plants like colymosean and roses. Mm. It helps to protect. They seem to be stronger, lusher, healthier. The foliage is very glossy green so that the aphids and uh, pests in general find it very difficult to to damage the plants. So yeah, the garlic wonder can be used on all uh, edible and non-edible plants just to to boost the immune immune system and to ward off any uh, it's a great organic way yeah. of keeping pests. I, I, I suppose probably the purpose of the of the question might be, you know, is it okay to eat then? Obviously oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't taint. The, yes. um, well, Colin was telling me before that we were t- chatting about the garlic wonder. He says, okay, you know, maybe a, an hour or two afterwards the roses will smell of garlic, but once mm. it dries in and, and within a couple of hours uh, they're perfectly fine. The garlic is... Excellent. Excellent. Somebody has cut the last of their butterhead lettuce and they'd like to sow more vegetable seeds into the space park. What is good to plant now into the spot and do they need to add more uh, food or enrichment into the soil? Well, it would be no harm to put a small bit of of, um, sudden impact or a bit of osmo down through the soil. Like lettuce aren't that demanding. They're not going to have robbed the soil of a lot of nutrition. Um, And lettuces and plants in general have done great in the last two or three weeks with just the good good growing weather. You've still plenty of time to sow new crops Um, uh, there's lots of plants available in garden centres at the moment, so mm-hmm. you can sow seed by all means, but why not put some plants in? You're going to gain about probably an extra month by putting the plants in now, or do a little bit of both. Put in some cabbage plants or broccoli plants, uh, lettuce plants, whatever, into the area and sow some seed as well. And things you, what you're really looking for this time of year are those fast maturing um, crops like radishes, beetroots, koi rabi, uh, lettuce itself, spring onions, um, anything like that that's going to be quick to, to grow because there's still at least eight, nine weeks of growth yet. Mm. Um, so anything that will, will fill that that, that uh, spot over that period. So any of the fast maturing salad crops in particular. The other thing I'd also focus on are some of the autumn or winter vegetables like um, savoy cabbages, the winter cabbages. You can sow, there's a very good variety of, of um, cabbage called Advantage, which if you sow now, will you'll be able to use through the winter and spring period of next year. So planting it, sowing it from seed now, you'll use it through the Christmas period and often right up until February or March of next year. Purple sprouting broccoli, we're coming right into the time of year to, to sow that. July, June, July is the perfect time to sow it and that then you can cr- harvest right through the winter and spring period. So there's lots of seed that can still be sown. The, the conditions are perfect. They're ideal. They germinate within uh, seven to ten days. You can still sow carrots, parsnips at this time of year. Um, but also look out for the plants. There's plenty of plants still available in garden centres. And I do a little bit of both, to be quite honest. Right, and then you can yeah. have some sooner and then some later. Yeah, it's and, all, it's and 
Sorry, no, no. I suppose it kind of comes down to whether um, you want something fairly fast, um, as in the salad, vegetable yeah. varieties, or if you're happy to hang on for a little bit and you'll have some kind of return, uh, vegetable-wise, later for into the, the autumn. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah, but as yeah. you're cutting out, that's the ideal thing. As you're taking out lettuces or, or early cabbage or whatever this time of year, be, have some plants ready to put back in. You can also sow a lot of those seeds into seed trays. And have them coming on so that, that you might have lettuce that's going to be ready in three or four weeks' mm. time. But why not sow some seed now in some trays, have it coming on yourself and ready to go in as soon as you take out as you're harvesting plants. So keep that area going, produ- productive, right through the autumn, winter, spring period of next year. Okay. A listener tells us that they used the new weed killer from Mara's Tail and it okay. did a super job of okay. killing it. Great. Thank you, in capital right. letters. Uh, should they trim off the dead stems uh, or leave it to rot? Well, it's uh, you'd only trim it off for aesthetics if, if because it, it tends, the near, near dwarf uh, will, will cause the Mara's Tail to go brown. It'll keel over, go brown and fall on the ground. Now, it'll decompose back into the soil itself, mm. so there's no need to trim it. But aesthetically, if you want to just clean it up, by all means, you can do that. Uh, the, the treatment will have gone down into the root at this stage so by all means if you want to tidy it up you can do that Lovely Uh, A listener got uh, some cucumber plants and they're all growing great and lots of yellow flowers they're wondering though do they need to hand pollinate them or will the garden insects do the trick? Well funny enough uh, with cucumbers um with cucumbers, when you buy the plants they tend to be all female flowers you'll know them, the yellow flower will have a small cucumber embryo right at the back so you'll have a small little baby cucumber right at the back of the flower. To be honest, cucumbers shouldn't be pollinated because it causes the fruit to go bitter. Oh. Bitter. So, uh, if there are any male flowers, and you know the male flowers because they won't have that little embryo at the back. But to be honest, with most of the modern varieties that you buy, be it from seed or from plants, they tend to be all F1 female varieties. So, they'll all have the yellow flower with the small little uh, cucumber at the back. You don't want them pollinated by insects or by, by hand pollination. Right. There's no need um, because because of that bitterness. The male flowers will, will just have the yellow flower, tend to be a little bit bigger and no little embryo. But my guess is if you examine the flowers that are on the plant, they'll all have this little cucumber. So you, you Don't need to do anything really with that's it. That's exactly what I'm trying to right. say. <laughs> Um, a little no. bit of feeding a little bit of feeding as right. soon as the fruits start to form and on a cucumber you, you don't want any more than about three or four fruitlets forming at any one time and they'll produce a cucumber about every ten days So Yeah they're fairly prolific they I, I, I recall them being grown in our house in a greenhouse and yeah. uh, going back some time ago yeah. and I think it went from kind of a zero to hero yeah, type of a situation that's the drawback where the ne- one, you know, one day we had no cucumbers and the next thing we probably had party Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's that, that can be the problem so you know a good idea is if, if there are a lot of them at the same size maybe thin out one or two so you're kind of delaying the process because cucumbers will continue to fruit right up to September uh, so you know maybe delay because that's the trouble you yeah. end up with a glush of the cucumbers all coming together it's difficult okay. to store them there's only so much cucumber exactly. a person can eat exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what spray would Porik recommend for the Bochlon Bui is now the right time to spray well, well they're, they're, are, yeah, are they're, they're in evidence at the moment anyway that's they for sure they sure are they're, they're everywhere at the moment that's really just down to the very wet winter and autumn we had last year um, if they're in a lawn situation something like uh, Dicoflar will, will control them um, um, so, you know, that'll get rid of them. I mean, if they're, generally they're not, you know, unless they're, they're in amongst a lawn area or a shrub board or whatever, I would just leave them alone, to be honest. But if you need to get rid of them, then dicoflower would be very safe to use on lawns or any, anywhere you've grass growing where they might be competing. 
Lovely. Lots of super sticks on the rhubarb. Uh, the Osmo food worked great. Thank you. Now, listener wondering, is it okay to pull all of the sticks now or can they, should they, or when should they pick the rhubarb and should they refeed it? Well, yes. Um, I mean, rhubarb has done very well and it's done well because, uh, again, of the high moisture levels and, of course, the listeners feeding it as well. What I would do is take about two thirds of, of the crop off it at this time of year um, and you can blanch it and, and freeze it because what, what tends to happen, and we saw it there in the, in the two weeks of dry weather that mm. we had, rhubarb will actually stop growing in dry weather and it'll, it can often die off very quickly. So it is a good idea. If you've got a, a fairly heavy crop, take about two thirds of the crop off um, clean that, blanch it and then freeze it and then refeed the, the, uh, the, the, the stools again with the Osmo would be ideal. Good weather to put, put that on at this time of year and that'll encourage the plants to regrow. But then I would leave that crop. I wouldn't take any more sticks off it for the rest of the year. Allow that to die back naturally. Okay. So yeah, take about two thirds off now, freeze that, refeed it and then leave the crop alone for the rest of the, the so season. So really you're prepping it for next year? You are. You're right. building it up because if you continue to rob it, it's going it's to just going to exhaust just it. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to lose the, the crop that you have. And, and if you leave it on, on the stools, it'll, get woody, it'll it? get woody and eventually it'll just start to die back, particularly once we get into some drier weather. Okay. Uh, a listener got a jostaberry bush. Yeah. Um, they'd like some advice. Where would you plant it? Is it okay in an east shrub border? And one, what distance would you plant it from other shrubs? Well, you'd want to space it. It's going to make a, a shrub about um, a metre, a metre and a half in diameter, something similar in height. So east facing, it's going to be getting morning sun, which should be fine. It needs about three or four hours of sunshine per day. Um, it'll form a shrubby plant um, so you can put it in amongst a shrub border if you wish or you can plant it as a, as a bush on its own somewhere in the garden so it's going to make a plant about three and a half four feet high um, and similar in width Okay, so, so east, substantial east, enough Yeah, east facing will be fine so you know uh, in, in amongst an east facing border will be perfectly okay Lovely Now, a listener has two apple trees they're about 12 years old and they had a lot of scab on the leaves last summer okay. and autumn and this seemed to spread onto the fruit and they're wondering how do they prevent this happening again this well, year? Well, last year was just a year for scab it's like a bit like black spot on roses and diseases in general when you get that high level of, of rainfall um, and that's what happens the, the scab can spread from the foliage onto, onto the fruit what you need to do is put on a, a little bit of a, a fungicide so something like a Bordeaux mixture would be ideal mix it with water now is a good time to apply it as the, the uh, apple trees have gone out of flower and that'll help to protect it. Really, it'll, it'll be down to the year, to be honest. If we get it, yeah. if it, the weather <clears> picks up, it dries up a little bit, scab won't be a problem. If it remains quite damp, then it will. So a little bit of Bordeaux mixture mixed through water, applied onto the foliage of the... Um, of the rose or of the, the apple, apple tree, tree would be perfectly okay. Or even that, that treatment that um, Colin mentioned, that Uncle Tom's rose treatment that's a fungicide and a feed right. and that could be used to prevent diseases this on many plants okay on, not know, just roses not just roses I, although it's, on, I know it's probably been developed on, for roses but yeah can be used on, uh, yeah, on fruit on fruit fruiting trees pears plums apples they'll all benefit from an application um, particularly with this kind of wet uh, blighty type weather now we have a planted bare root. Somebody planted bare root trees at the end of March this year. Okay. Uh, now they don't tell us exactly what they planted. Um, they're strong and they're about twenty foot high, but the Ooh. trunk of some of them are twisted halfway up. <sighs> wow, that's so? that's not very big. Twenty, <laughs> 20 foot, foot high. It sounds. That's it sounds four uh, times me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so bare root plants. I mean, they obviously put them in in March, which is the right time yeah. to do it. Really, when you're putting 20 in. Inches, maybe. 
yeah, maybe it is 20 because, you know, they'd be putting in, I would imagine the, the listener putting in kind of saplings, young. Right. That would be typical. You'd put in plants that are that are um, 18 to, to 24 inches in height. Yeah. The main thing to do with them is to is to put canes on them, to stake them. Right. Because, you know, plants when they're young, naturally enough, if they're not supported, you're going to get them, the wind will blow them around and you'll end up with a twisted and distorted stem. So you better put some bamboo canes onto the plants if you want a nice upright stem. The other thing to be doing is to take it up off some of the lower side shoots as well. So you're ending up on a nice clean stem uh, and a crown of foliage on top. So a good time to restake them and put the bamboo canes on them. That'll straighten them up. And if they're young trees, if they're only in since March, they'll still be very flexible and you'll be able to ensure that the stem is nice and clean and straight. The other thing to do is make sure there's no grass and weeds around the base of them. So a little bit of Roundup or Weed Free 360 just applied around the very base would be a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it's still okay to feed them. So something like a little bit of sudden impact would, again, help to boost them on. You'll you'll benefit from the growth then for the rest of the, for the next two months. Excellent. When is the best time to move strawberries? Well, the thing with strawberries is they're not a long-lived plant. So if you get three to four years out of your strawberries, it's it's really a good idea to replace them every couple of years. Now, you can do that by propagating them yourself. You know, the little runners that come off the strawberries, they can be simply potted up. Um, so depending on the age of the plants, the ideal time to move them would be in the dormant season, any time from... October right through to March you can dig strawberries up transplant them into new areas but do see them as a short term plant and they tend to build up a lot of diseases and viruses and lose productivity as well as uh, once they get a little bit older so my advice is always to replenish them after about three years either propagate some runners yourself and you're mm. coming up to the time of year to do that. The runners have been thrown off on the strawberries now. You can simply just pin them into the soil or put them into pots and they'll re-root and you've got yourself a fresh young strawberry which will be a lot more productive next year. The other thing with strawberries is they are bearing their fruit at the moment. That'll start to ripen now as we get into July late June, July sort of period. Once you pick the fruit off the strawberry plant it's a very good idea to cut it back. So shear yes. it back within, like Colin was saying with, mm. about the roses, take the shears to it, cut them nearly, you know, two or three inches above soil level. And again, that helps to get rid of a lot of the old foliage and stems. It encourages a lot of fresh young growth, particularly if you put a little bit of feed on them. And that foliage then, it carries through for the winter period. So, but so if you're, if the listener wants to move them, move them in October. Okay, and I'm afraid it's on strawberries that we conclude this oh, morning. Okay, well, don't forget the Rose Rose Weekend. Colin is going to be in the Garden Centre in Turlock from 11 o'clock today. So if you want to bring in a rose, if you want us to show you how to propagate a rose, um, it's a really good time to come in and smell the roses and look at the roses and enjoy the roses and a great time to plant them. So that's in Turlock and Castlebar. Colin will be there. We've also got a talk in the Galway Centre at 2.30 and in the Sligo Centre at 2.30 today. Okay, sounds like a very busy weekend for yeah. you, Porrick. Uh, As always. I'm going to have a slightly more relaxing one I think at least for today Uh, that's it we're back again next Saturday all going well just after 7 o'clock thanks indeed for your company Uh, Michael Leary up after the news at 10 which is on the way with Angelina Nugent for me for the moment good morning to you